Friday, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. They stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters Friday. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. What's going on, everyone? And welcome to yet another episode of the Shock Factor podcast, where I, Stephen Shock, am just so blessed, so thankful this fall season to be joined by Mike Rooney. Coach Rooney, how are we doing today? Stephen, the fall of 2023, one of the great falls in the history of Coach Rooney, getting to do this podcast weekly with you. Uh, my beloved carrots are four and one now. Uh, my beloved Notre Dame fighting Irish football team, not so bueno, but you know, it, it never, things are going to be perfect. So yeah, we'll take this. This is a wonderful time, wonderful season of life. Yeah. As long as at least one of the teams is doing well, you can use that as a crutch all season. You know, it, it's something, it's always a good safety right. net to fall back on. So we we're doing a little bit of traveling this week. Coach Rooney, of course, in the off season is just the international businessman of mystery where he goes, he's slinging, he's slinging and wheeling and dealing across the nation. So he's in a hotel right now. So let's get right into it going and expanding a little bit. Coach Rooney did a little bit of homework while traveling, which pretty impressive. I always use travel days as an excuse not to do homework. That's why coach Rooney is just built a little bit different. And you, you looked up a little bit into our question from last week, which was what is the hardest throwing pitching staff? And what did you find? Yeah. So I, I think Stephen, that, you know, like my initial answer of the Vanderbilt teams, right? Like 2013 to 2016 were, you know, crazy velocity. We talked about Vandy with lighter and rocker. We talked about the Florida teams from that era, um, you know, but really as you know, you brought up last time, guys are throwing harder and harder. So the three staffs from last the last two years that stood out. So I looked up 2022 Tennessee, and and I just looked up on Synergy, you know, which is like basically the resource for this stuff. And I did average fastball velocity. So I cheated a little bit. I included one bullpen arm per team. So for Tennessee, Ben Joyce was you know incredible, 97.7. Uh, Drew Beam was 92.6, his fastball. Now, he's only he was only a freshman then. Chase Burns, 95.2. Chase Dolander, 95.7. So, I mean, you know, considering that two of those kids were freshmen and Dolander was a sophomore that year, that was ridiculous. Um, LSU last year, you know, Skeens, this is crazy, Stephen, 98.6 miles an hour was Paul Skeens' average fastball. Um, you know, Ty Floyd, it was, it was bigger than I thought. Like I always thought his fastball was kind of unhittable, but it was it, because of movement, but his was 94.3. I mean, that's nothing to sneeze at. And then, um, my man, um, uh, Mr. Hurd, that's your herd 94.5. So the, the Florida one was sneaky, 98.6, 94.5, 94 94.3, just to finish it up, Florida, you know, Brandon Sprout was 96.2. Uh, Hurston Waldrop was 95.5 and then Cags. this is lower than he's got in there but uh, Jack Caglione was only 94.8 I, 
only 94.8 yeah. with air Jeez. quotes but so that's a lot of velo that those three steps right there yeah i i think it's interesting with florida how the i believe it's the median or the mode the average number or the range of it there we go there's the last statistical term thank I you know. hey now the range of it is just so slim it's impressive but i i saw an update someone had posted on twitter a video of jack cags throwing 101 in an inner squad so you know if you can do that in literally the lowest adrenaline situation you're gonna have all year just playing against your friends you're gonna be able to do that come springtime when the pressure's on it's gonna be a lot of fun to watch him play this year but i mean that that's just a one research right there i i gotta tip my cap to you that was more effort than i ever put in in school so i appreciate you putting that level of effort in our podcast here synergy is our friend steven synergy is just absolutely <laughs> awesome yeah it's a, it's about knowing where the tools are I, I think abraham lincoln said if you give me six hours to chop down a tree the first four i'll sharpen my axe that's what coach rooney does he just he's got the tools and he knows how to use them <laughs> the ape the abe lincoln reference steven that i didn't see that coming well played well done I, by you I didn't either. I don't know where it came from. I, I think it was in a lock and I think it was in the UVA locker room. I think that's where that was. I always like that one though. Cause it's like, all right, Mr. Lincoln, that's pretty smart. All right. That's well a done. very like a Yoda way of thinking, but okay. You're also the president. Love you it. Can get people to chop the trees for you now. But anyway, getting back to college baseball, one thing I did this weekend was I saw UNCW play a scrimmage against Brunswick Community College, which is a local school down here in the coastal North Carolina region. And I got to tell you, Coach Rooney, I was really impressed with UNCW. Like they were playing just crisp all around baseball. And each game ended up being pretty lopsided, I believe. It, it was a nine-inning game and then a seven-inning game. The first game, they scored 13 runs. Second game, they scored another 13 runs. But I, I got to say, I, I was just impressed with how crisp they played defense. That was one thing that just really stood out to me, especially in fall ball. It's easy to be a little bit more lackadaisical. You know, the sense of urgency isn't really there as much. But that's one of the things about playing against other teams in the fall is you're so cooped up and used to just playing your own teammates that as soon as you see someone else in the other dugout that you don't have to go into the locker room and shower with it, it's like everything's out the door. I'm going as hard as I can to prove why I should be the guy they send out here when other teams come and try to beat us. And so it, it's a lot of fun just to watch, but a lot of the times you can see like mental mistakes happening with younger players who are overthinking it, adding pressure. But a lot of the UNCW youngers, like their younger guys were totally fine with the pressure. And I, I think that's one of the reasons I think they're going to be really good this season, because while those younger guys are okay with the pressure of like having to perform against someone else, they're returning seven out of nine guys that they had last season where they won their wow. conference outright and then they won their conference tournament. And like, I, I just, I was really impressed with that. Um, I got to talk with their coach, coach hood. Have you ever met coach Randy hood? 
Yes, he he's awesome. Love him. Just an incredible guy. I I was nervous because, you know, I moved down here and I'm pretty close to Wilmington now. So it's like if I'm ever having a weekend where I don't want to go far for work, I'll just go 30 minutes down the road, to see them. And so the whole time I'm just, I knew I was going to interview him afterwards. So I'm just nervous. I'm like, if this guy doesn't like me or if he's like uh, one of these stupid kids is trying to interview, I, I, that has never happened to me, but I'm always nervous about that. And I was like, it would really stink if he's one of those guys who doesn't like me or like doesn't like my style for whatever reason. So I, I was very fortunate when I found out how cool he is. But in talking to him, one thing that really stood out was just like how much he loves his job. Like, mm. and that's one thing I found with a lot of college coaches and the ones that have success are the ones who are just like, they're content with where they are. And I think that's something that's so valuable for a program to have just because, I mean, you know how it is in baseball, we're taught that complacency is the worst thing ever. And it's like a double-edged sword where you want to be happy where you're at, but like, oh, if, I, if I'm not trying to get somewhere better, am I really, do I care that much? Or like, what do people think? It's, it's one of those things where you just say, hey, you know what? I found what I absolutely love to do. And so I'm going to try to be successful here so I can keep doing it. And it, like, I, I just have a real big appreciation for him over there. So I, I just- He's great. I, I can't, I could go on and on about UNCW now, and I probably will just because again, locality, that's a huge thing. Um, but it like when I was talking to him, cause he played at Campbell, started his coaching career at Campbell, and then he got an opportunity here at UNCW in 2002. And he's just stayed ever since, which, I mean, you are by the beach. It's a beautiful area. They had a fall, fall inner squad where it was 16 innings and it was 75 degrees the whole time. It was Can't just, I, I mean, I, I totally understand why he likes it so much here, but I, I think it's something that a lot of players have picked up on too, where they aren't really losing many guys to the transfer portal. And I, I remember because I was going to ask him about it, they didn't really have many guys transfer in. I don't think they had any this season. And when I was talking to him, he was like, no, the guys who are here just really like it here. And most of the time they stay. And we, we like that about them. And, you know, they have a great college experience. So I think that's something that's really important for players to think about too, of, you know, I want to, be playing at the best level but also i want to be playing first of all so go somewhere you can play but also go somewhere where you're going to be really happy with where your feet are at because of course you may have Amen. the lofty dreams of like playing pro ball but if the whole time you like i always thought of it this way if i invested everything i got into playing pro ball and then it didn't happen and i look back on my journey and i was like oh well i came up short that would stink. But if I thought, thought of it just, hey, let's just go have fun playing a game I really enjoy. Then I look back on my career and even the bad times when I had bad outings, I'm like, oh, that was fun still. Cause like I told this joke to my friend about that outing and like whatever it may be. And so I, I just think it's so important for guys, especially to realize like 
you know, while the transfer portal exists, while there's other options and the grass may be greener somewhere else, you're going to play your best baseball when everybody's just content with where they're at and working towards the goal of winning ball games. Well said. Yeah. And I think you're right, Stephen, like Randy Hood is really talented. Like he, he probably, you know, like the fact that he stays there probably helps the players feel settled in, you know, he was an assistant for Mark Scoff, who was there forever and ever. And, you know, it's also a very good program. Like all those mid-majors in the Carolinas are really good programs. I think about College of Charleston. I think about Davidson. I think about Campbell, you mentioned. But UNCW in particular, they've been to the NCAA tournament 11 out of the last 20 seasons. And that's really hard to do when you're not in the, you know, one of the, you know, super powerful leagues. So that program has been good for a very long time. And you know, Randy Wood, he was teammates with Michael Jordan in the minor leagues, which is a really cool story. And uh, yeah, like he's great. Like, it's so cool that that's your new home base. I think that's going to be really fun for you. They're good. That's a good program. Yeah, I I really love what I saw out of it. I love their field, honestly. Like it's as like perfect for a mid-major program as you can get where it's just the grandstand. There's a concession stand. There's some bathrooms. They aren't super nice bathrooms. And then it's just like when I picture a college baseball field, that's one I will always think of just because it's on campus. It's right across from dorms. It's just such a cool place. And I, I'm really excited to go to more games there. And I, I think with what Coach Hood is planning on doing, he's looking to upgrade a lot of the facilities in the coming years. So I'm really excited to see some of that. And then, I mean, their conference too i'm they're adding campbell it, last year was like the first time they had two bids to the ncaa tournament it, it's just really heading in the right direction i'm really excited for it yeah the colonial is another one of those leagues that's a little hard to keep track of because teams are coming and going but you're right you know like elon has been very good and they were kind of on the fringes of the tournament last year northeastern in the colonial obviously it's been as good a program as there is in the northeast and so yeah that adding campbell that's a huge addition that's another great program in there yeah and so what in that light i was thinking you know what i had such a great day there it was good clean college baseball fun i watched the whole team get an order of jersey mike subs it was just nice. you know everything you needed the junior college all got chick-fil-a which if you ask me which, which school I'm taking based on that, you know, pretty easy answer for me. That fried chicken's very good. Um, but just a very good college baseball day. And I was thinking, you know what? What other mid-major programs are going to be good this season? Because I really, like, I really think UNCW could be something special this year. So I wanted us to put our heads together and just name a few that we think are going to be impressive this year. I'll let you go first because, of course, Anytime mean you go at it off the top of our heads, you're going to have more. There's plain and simple. Here. <laughs> you, you have the encyclopedias in the brain. So I'll let you go first as always. All right. So I have four, Steven. Do you want me to go all four or you want me to go two and two? Uh, let's do, let's do two and then I'll give three, but of course way quicker because can't go as in depth and then you go two. How about yes. that? Yeah. Okay, perfect. All right, good. And I'm going to go 100% West Coast. So I just, uh, I'm in the midst of writing up the fall report for Portland, the pilot, pilots who are amazing. They, they finished second in the WCC. 
in the last two consecutive seasons. So I'm all about the Portland Pilots. That's going to be another good team. They've done a great job under Jeff Loomis. I'm also going to give you Grand Canyon. You know, obviously they um, they lost Jacob Wilson, first round pick. Uh, and they lose, you know, they, they lose a little bit of pitching, but Daniel Vitti is still there. They got a lot of seniors. Grand Canyon will be a program that has a lot of seniors this year. They've been to two regionals in the last three years. So keep an eye on, on the lopes of Grand Canyon. Yeah. Is it Nick York who's there or is it Zach York? Yeah, Nick. So Nick York, they have, they have Zach. I'm sorry. They have Zach York, who's the youngest of the York brothers. Nick York was the first round pick, but. They were, you know, I think we were all worried, like, were they going to lose Zach York in the in the portal? Because he hit 370, hit eight bombs. He had, you know, 46 walks and 25 strikeouts. But they kept him, and that was huge. And so, yeah, that's another big name. Zach York's a really good keep for Grand Canyon. Yeah, he's a guy. I saw him play for Hyannis over the summer, and he just, his bat-to-ball skills is super impressive. Like, that kid knows the strike zone better than anyone he, uh, I think he struck out a little bit more in the Cape, but I think it was just because his eye was too good. You got to remember when you're playing in the summer in the Cape, a lot mm-hmm. of those umpires are like barbers in their spare time. So this isn't like they aren't full-time umpires working on this all year long. Like they sure. got other things going on. They do a great job, but I, I think he might have thought getting squeezed or he, he's just – it's a ball in his eyes and in his brain and on the pitch tracks, it's probably a ball, but to the umpires, it's not. And for Portland, that'll happen. Portland, they got one of my favorite division three transfers in Jack Thompson. That guy, he, he's coming from Lewis and Clark college. He was, he got intentionally walked, I think one or two times with the bases loaded last season. He love that literally every time he comes to the plate, he is hitting a bomb. It is impressive. He's going to be fun to watch. Good pull right there. Look at you, Steven. Yeah. My, my cousin played in high school with him. So I, I got it. I got it deep in the archives of my brain. Well done. That's, that's, <laughs> that's mastery right there. Yeah. You, you gotta, you gotta get some of the connections Whatever wherever I can get them from, I'm going to take them. <laughs> Hey everyone, we're going to take a quick break from our discussion to hear a couple ads from our sponsors. Friday, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters Friday. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now, for for my schools, the first one I'm excited for and I think is going to have a lot of success is Coastal Carolina. They have, every year, Coastal has a number of star players. But this year is Gary Gilmore's final year. He's retiring after the 2024 season always think teams play better when their coach is retiring it's like like on senior day most of the time on senior day kids just kind of win it's just kind of how it goes um but i i think that just with like darren horn he's a guy who his pitches move like nothing i've ever seen before and they're all like 95 which is really cool um but he's just between him and Derek bender like leading the offense. I just really see good things out of them. And 
you know, the program has a history of success. They know what it takes to win in the postseason. So I think they'll, I think they might tap into that. And then another team Love I'm it. excited about is Southern Miss because the exact opposite. Their coach just left, but a longtime guy gets promoted. And, you know, Southern Miss, they had a huge regional last year where they, they just pack the peak. They really do. Everybody shows up, which I love that environment for them. I think it's really good for college baseball to have that. And so I think playing under the tutelage of a new coach who's been there a long time and has like kind of really put his work in with that program will be good. And I, I think I could see the team rallying around that. Slade Wilkes is a guy who immediately comes to mind as someone who's probably going to have a pretty big season for him this year. And yeah. So I'm in on those guys. Oh, I love it. So I get to give you two more, Stephen? Yeah, sure. Okay, so I'm going to give you Utah Valley, the Wolverines. So Eddie Smith entering his third year there. So, you know, the, the, the WAC has gotten really good in baseball. you got programs like Sacramento State and Grand Canyon, and now they've got the Texas schools. Um, Cal Baptist is really good. I mean, it's, it's getting hard to win games in the WAC. And Utah Valley uh, made a huge turnaround under Coach Smith last year, 15-game turnaround. They actually finished second in the regular season for the WAC and lost in the conference tournament championship game. So, I mean, they're right there. I think they've got a really good identity in, in recruiting. And, and, you know, Coach Smith played at Notre Dame. He's been an assistant at LSU. He's been a head junior college coach. He's, I think he's perfect for that job. It's just in a beautiful part of Utah. They've got a gorgeous stadium. It's kind of a hidden gem of a program. Uh, the other one on the West Coast I'll give you is Irvine, uh, the Eaters, great nickname, great <laughs> elite hashtag game, to, you know, the hashtag together we zot. But they had an incredible postseason uh, offseason where, you know, their freshman All-American Anthony Martinez didn't go in the transfer portal. Caden Kendall was a 10th round pick. He's back. You and I have talked about Joe Ayama. Um, Dub Gleed is a guy you brought up to me. So they always pitch at a really high level. You know, that's a great coaching staff led by Ben Orloff. So UC Irvine, to me, I think they're, they, they just missed making the NCAA tournament last year. Uh, and I, I think they're going to be very, very good again. Yeah. I mean, with, with a name like the Anteaters, can you really root against them? I, I think it's criminal to not support no, that. Cannot. Um, I believe their mascot, Peter the Anteater. I could be completely wrong. That could be a fever dream, but I. That's great I, if that's true. I do remember. I, I don't think Kendall ever posted that episode, but my first year doing the shock factor, I made an episode for him called The Mascots That I Think I Could Beat Up. But I wanted to be nice. fair and presented a list of mascots that I think could beat me up. And Peter the Anteater <laughs> was top of the list. I. I just think he his charisma mixed with being an anteater could really get me. But UC Irvine, Dub Gleed is a guy who, you know, I, I've talked about him at, at length and I will continue to because he's he's fun to watch. But I, I think all those programs are really on the rise and I think they're good to keep an eye out on. Utah Valley was a great call. I, I think like they kind of came out of nowhere last season for me. Yeah. Just like hearing about them and seeing more and more about their program. And I was really impressed with it. And from what I've seen, like all the guys who are there really enjoy being there, which as you know, that's something I'm always going to be for. That's right. Amen. Half the battle right there. Yeah. If, if you guys, 
watch a team with all the talent in the world, but everybody hates where they're at. They're not going to have nearly the success of guys who have some of the talent in the world, but just love where they're at. I'm a firm believer in that. So that's why I like the college coaches who are just like, hey, let's have fun while we do this. Work hard, play hard. There's nothing wrong with that. Exactly. Life's about balance. (laughs) Well, now I want to move into our surprise question. And would you want to do your question first or do you want me to go first? It's up to you. Uh, You go first, Stephen. All right. So we got geography with Steve. I've been thinking about it a lot. I've been looking at college baseball for for years on end now. And I, I got to know what you think, Coach Rooney. What state do you think is the best for college baseball? So you, so we're defining that as the best state for producing college baseball players. I, I'm thinking like just watching college baseball. So like what schools or, or what state like has the most value? But if you... so So if I could live anywhere... I could live anywhere and I'm going to have the best college baseball right in my backyard. What state would I live in? Is that a fair way to say the question? Yes, that is the more intelligible way to say it. (laughs) Wow. Okay, this is good. So I love where I live in Arizona, but we only have three teams, right? We have Arizona, Arizona State and um, and Grand Canyon. So that's out. Florida is too big for me, although there's tons of great college baseball in Florida. I think where, you know, the great Aaron Fit and Joe Healy live and the triangle and the Carolinas might be the answer because you can get to all these SEC schools and ACC schools and they've got great mid-major baseball. Um, Dallas is is fine, but Texas is so big. It's like it, it, Texas might as well be three states. I think Southern California, <laughs> Stephen, would be really, really fun. But if you... Is, is the answer what do you think yeah i mean i'm with you i think about it all the time being in north carolina just seeing it all i i really enjoy this i wanted to ask you because this is essentially the question my wife and i asked each other before we moved yeah. of where should we move for college baseball so i i love where i'm at it's a little bit further than where joe healy and uh Aaron Fit are centrally located in North Carolina, but that's just to be near our old sponsor, the Shock Factor, the Atlantic Ocean. Of course, we always gotta that's right. we always gotta support our sponsors. Founding so. sponsor. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. The the primary funder, really. So we we made sure to mix in a close locality to it. But yeah, quicker question from me. That was that was one of the shorter ones. You posed a good one with which state do you think? produces the most college uh baseball players and i want to answer that real quick because i have a lot of thoughts on this and i don't know the answer as to why but i know the answer is new jersey um yeah they just every year you look at the top draft prospects at least two of them are from new jersey and i don't know why i don't know how maybe it's just like the man, I'm from New Jersey attitude. No one, no one's going to take a shot on shot at me. Like the chip on the shoulder attitude. I don't know what it is, but New Jersey's got insane baseball players. Jersey's a great 
call. Like, so my theory on New Jersey is it's it's a bigger state than people think population wise. Like, like basically, New Jersey has two major metropolitan areas. Like, North Jersey is basically New York City, and South Jersey is basically Philadelphia. So it has massive population because of that great baseball tradition, you know, sport, it's a sports crazy state. I mean, I think really the answer is probably California because it's so big. I mean, California is yeah. the biggest state and they have great baseball, but I, New Jersey's a great, is a great cost. Even I, I would put Pennsylvania in there too. I think the state of Pennsylvania produces a, a ton of college baseball players. Now they produce a lot of D3, D2, D1. They, they hit, you know, the whole gamut. But um, I, I look at you with the jersey call. Very well played. It's it's weird. It's like one of the phenomena I never understood. As soon as I got on a college team that, like, we were playing in a conference where everyone had a video board that said where people were from on it, I was like, everybody's from New Jersey for whatever reason. <laughs> so great. Uh, should I ask my question, Stephen? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you played in three in three programs. The, the program I want you to really lock in on is your experience as a retriever, a UMBC retriever. So are you, are you in retriever mode? Yeah, yeah, I'm there. Um, yep, we're back. Okay. Okay, retriever mode. Go dogs. Um, Go right, dogs. So the dogs, the dogs have a killer season. And you've probably heard me talk about one of my things that I'd like to see college baseball do is move to an tournament of 72 teams we were do that we'd be leaving the 64 team field we'd be adding eight and we would have these thursday playing games and so um the thursday playing games would require so like a team like the dogs umbc you wouldn't go you most likely you know you'd probably have a higher rpi and you would go to a regional and you would have to play into the regional now remember it would be three game series now wouldn't be this 14 loss elimination so here's here's my question for the dogs would you rather just be you know go to like the columbia regional and play south carolina and then you know if you don't beat them you're in that losers bracket game or here's here's the other here's the other option you play uh who are you guys gonna play you're gonna play um canisius on thursday night at south carolina if you you know on national tv right there would be only be eight games thursday night so you'd get a lot of eyeballs if you win now you stay and you play south carolina in a three-game series where you only got to win twice um but you're in that three-game series now obviously if you lose to canisius thursday night you only get to play that one ncaa tournament game so that's what you're weighing is being one of those you know, high RPI four seeds that gets sent to a really tough regional. And, you know, a lot of times, quite honestly, those teams go 0-2. Or in this case, you play that Thursday night game against a team that you're probably more evenly matched against. It's a little bit more of a spotlight for the program. If you win, you stay and play a three-game series. If you look um, about those two scenarios. I, that is a great question. I think as a retriever, I would want to play the winner take all or play in game just uh -huh. because that environment, like that sort of game is so much more fun than just, you know, my first year at UMBC, I had to redshirt, but they won the conference that season. 
we went to regionals or well they went to regionals at wake forest where they played west virginia and maryland and both the games were pretty uncompetitive and yep. i think it would have been way cooler if it was a hey you come in it's a winner take all game if you win you get the opportunity to play in this in this weekend set and one it gives you more time to play I, I don't know if it's more games, but it's it'll have to be at least one more game. So that that's something that's pretty cool. And I think that would be valuable, but also just like the amount of things that can happen on a baseball field will surprise people. And I think this would lead yeah. to a lot of teams like catching fire because there's nothing better than the feeling of like, oh, my season could be over if we lose this game. And then you win it and you get to play baseball another day. That's the best gift you can receive in the world. And so doing that, that can light a fire under a team and it can really, it can really like elevate the level of playing that some of these teams are bringing out. And it might get us more Cinderella stories and it might get us more teams that are from the mid-major level beating these SEC opponents just because of that momentum or because of that chemistry or whatever you want to call it. But the baseball gods know if you're going to struggle baseball wise and you're going to, you know, put, put everything on the line for a game with your friends and come through with that, then you're going to be rewarded. It's just kind of part of it. So I think that that format is so much better just because one, I believe the NCA wants to get up to there's like some percentage of teams they want in championship. Yeah, they say 25%, but I think that's a little bloated. Like to me, 72 would be perfect. 25% gets you into like the 80, 90 range. And that feels like it could get a little overcooked, but 72 feels like a good number. And I'm with you, Stephen. Like I think, so so right now, like the Trevers would be guaranteed two games, but the truth is what you said. A lot of times a team goes and just gets kind of whacked twice and neither game is like that high profile whereas these thursday night games it'd be the only show in town i think it'd be super fun now there's risk right instead of being guaranteed two games you're only guaranteed one but if you win that game you're guaranteed two more you've only got to beat wake forest in the three game series so i don't know it's not the only reason that i like that format but it's one of the reasons that i like that format Plus, I, I mean, think of all the like big performances it would pull out of guys like, oh, yeah, say, say a starter has a rocky first inning and they're like, oh, we need to go to the pen right away. There's some random reliever who's just ready to step up and be the guy for the team. Like, I, I think it would lead to a lot more cool stories. It would probably make your time on squeeze play a little bit easier, I think. I think that's what we're ultimately getting at here, which it would be fun. You know, It'd be more fun. Like <laughs> what you said, Stephen, like sink or swim games are amazing. Like you're, you got to win or you're going home. Like though there is nothing better than games like that. Yeah. I mean, it's just kind of, everybody talks about how college sports and entertainment are blending together too much. Well, if you want true entertainment, that's when entertainment comes when the stakes are high. Why did people go watch the gladiators fight? Because someone was going to have to lose it. Losing men death, that was the ultimate, ultimate stakes. People loved seeing that. I don't think I'd want to watch that personally, being a man in civilized society. But 
back in the day at its origin, whether we like it or not, our ancestors probably saw that as entertainment at some point, depending on how genealogy works. I don't really know. I'm not a scientist, but you raise the stakes. People get interested, whether there's science behind that statement or not. I get interested and I know a lot of people think the way it's very sciencey so. to me. Yes, that's right. The science checks out on my end. <laughs> yeah. You told, I told you I was buying a, a physics book and I ended up buying an astrophysics book by accident. Even so better. Go, Look at you. I, I, I skipped too many steps. I have no idea what's going on. If but, you're going to be a bear, be a grizzly, Stephen. Look at you. Well done. Yeah. So I might be able to update you on rocket ships next week. We'll see. It's not going Can't well. Wait. Though. Can't <laughs> wait for that. But no, I think on that note, I think that's our sign that I need to stop talking for the evening. Um, so Rooney, you want to take us out? Yeah, that's it. Uh, we appreciate everyone listening. Remember that college baseball is rad. Please spread the good word. Everybody have a great week, and we will catch you next time on the Shock Factor Podcast. The Shock Factor Podcast is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts.